to dinner with anything last night? Did you get some anything? Uh, I went to dinner with the Jags last night. Where did they take you? Uh, we went to uh, Steakhouse downtown. I forgot the name. It was good. I didn't have to eat a salad. I didn't have to do that. Trayvon Walker from his pro day March 16th. Didn't eat a salad at the steakhouse. Good call there. Eat the steak with the Jags. Let them pay for it. They may be paying for a lot more than the steak. They may be paying for the sizzle as well. Trayvon Walker is now the heavy favorite to be the number one overall overall pick in the draft. And it happened over the weekend that it flipped from Aiden Hutchinson, the Michigan pass rusher, yeah. to Walker, the defensive end from Georgia. And now it keeps getting stronger and stronger in Javon Walker's direction as the number one overall pick. To the chagrin of the NFL, which which wants maximum mystery when the Jaguars are on the clock. And I guess they yeah. could still surprise us. Yeah. But look, the, the people who are setting these eyes, and I know some of it is a reaction to the betting activity. Right. But some of it's also a reflection of what they know and what they're hearing. And they've got to be hearing it's Walker or the odds wouldn't be so heavily in favor of him being the guy. Well, I, I don't know if I th- – I think this is one where it can be swayed a little bit more, more by the money than the actual facts of the matter. You talk to people around the NFL right now, I think most of them would tell you the rumors of the, the things people think. Jacksonville's leaning towards offensive tackle at one right now. So I think if a Dean Lyman does go off the board, it will be Trayvon Walker. I think that's where it's changed a little bit. So I, I, I will say that. But I think the, the most prominent thought of people I talk to around the league is that Jacksonville's going to go tackle at one right now. So I, that's where I don't like, hey, listen, I, I, I look at betting lines and look at the stuff and all that too. Like, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau still being talked about as a top five pick. It ain't going to happen. I Can I bet that that won't happen? Can you short bets? Because I'll bet, like, I'll bet $100,000 he doesn't go in the top five. I mean, I really would. You can. You can. Yeah, I might you, have to get yeah, in on that. Under. I might have to yeah. get on in on that. So, I don't think we're allowed to. We're uh, not allowed to. Oh, damn it. I'm not allowed to. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, all right. Hopefully all right. you haven't been, but, Calvin Ridley. <laughs> but, but this is what's awesome about this draft, in my opinion. I mean, we got Aiden Hutchinson, who's got production and is a hell of a football player, and you get to see it all. You got Trayvon Walker, who's just this unbelievable specimen that played in a defensive system, Mike, that didn't really play to his strengths. They play a way that it doesn't really show what he can do, right? So that's where the projection thing comes in. But, I mean, his size and his strength and his measurables are that of and every bit of like Miles Garrett when he was the number one pick in the draft. And you just go, well, I think if you lined him out wide and you just told him to rush the passer, it'd be a whole different type of film. But that's where it's really interesting. And then, of course, the Doug Peterson aspect of anybody you talk to in the NFL or knows anything in Jacksonville, he wants to replicate that Philadelphia Eagles offensive line of just we're going to overpower you. It doesn't matter who you are. So that's where I, I, I think it is really cool, and I don't think it's set in stone that Trayvon Walker's the number one guy right now. I think people are having a hard time digesting that a tackle can go number one in the year 2022. Over the weekend, there was a buzz that they were going to go offensive line. At one point, I was thinking it very well could be Evan Neal. There were people in the organization who were hinting at that. Part of the problem yeah. is they are disseminating 
misinformation, even though they have no reason sure, right. to. There are people around the league who think that they are lying to people about what they plan to do, and they're all over the place. And they've said there are four guys that they're looking at, and presumably they are Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, Ike Aquanu, and Evan Neal. Those are the four guys. Now, when you saw the betting odds, Neal has fallen off considerably. And I can't help but wonder whether or not, and we wrote about this earlier today, there's this vague rumor that there's a medical problem with Neal. Well, he wasn't asked to go back to the to the scouting combine medical recheck, which is an indication that there wasn't anything that needed to be looked at again. And uh, Duke Manyweather, his uh, offensive line coach, came out and said, look, he's fine. He showed up for every workout. He's got no medical issue. And I, I always wonder about people spreading that kind of vague, yeah. unverifiable right. stuff because they want the guy to slide. Yeah, Carolina to might spot. want him at six, so they might be going. It's hey, the, right. it is the ultimate Machiavelli meets Christmas, as Dwight Schrute would say. It's the ultimate. Like we really love this guy, we want this guy, and we want him so badly. We're going to spread all sorts of false crap about him, so he slides down the board, and we can get him. Mission accomplished. We did it. We managed to lie about this guy just enough. We whispered to just enough reporters who, in their quest to have content and clicks, pushed this stuff, even though it wasn't true, and it worked. Thank you. And people think, well, why would that work? Don't teams have their own assessment? That's where owners get skittish. They see that stuff. For these big, high-profile picks, they see that that's out there. And they're afraid. They get, they get, and then you've got, you've got, you know, you're trying to break the tie. Yeah. And Shad Khan, the owner of the Jaguars, said they're going to have a meeting on Wednesday to try to figure this out. If Shad Khan is right. seeing this stuff about Evan Neal, and that's enough to get him off of the the Evan Neal train, that's then mission accomplished. He moves on to two, and then maybe moves on to three, and maybe moves on to four, and so and so until whoever may be one of the ones spreading the the rumor ends up getting to have the opportunity to draft him. Yeah, uh, uh, agreed, Mike. That's definitely the game that gets played. We're watching Evan Neal here. I mean, Evan Neal again. Uh, to me, he's my number one rated tackle. I think on most teams' board, Iki Aquanu is the number one guy on the board, Mike. Philadelphia, I kind of always thought Doug Peterson would go with that type of guy because he had Jason Peters and Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks. They were more size guys. And this, to me, is one of the best pass-protecting offensive tackles I've seen in quite some time. Now, the run game and all that stuff is not as clean as Iki Aquanu, and that's where it's a little different. So, like, Mike, it's like Jacksonville, you got Cam Robinson. They did draft a tackle in the second round last year. Evan Neal is really a tackle with, I don't, you know, he can play guard, but that's not really what he is. He's a true tackle. The other guy, Iki Aquanu, he's got some, like, he could be a big-time guard. He could be Zach Martin, too. He's kind of a little different guy altogether. So maybe that's why they're thinking them. I don't know. Does that make sense to you? Or you go, okay, we got a tackle. We got a guy we drafted last year. Now we get a guy that can be a tackle, but we can move him guard. Maybe that's why they go there. I, I don't know if that makes sense to you. That Mike. would make sense. Yeah. That would make sense yeah. because if they take offensive line, it probably is going to be guard opposite from Brandon Scherf, who they added in free agency with the tackles that they have and an offensive line that instantly becomes better right. as they try to get the most out of Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, and all the other weapons that they have. Right. just need some time to do what they're and trying to do. And then if Cam Robinson's you know, another, gone, you can move Icky right. Aquanu to tackle next year, right? So there's a little right. flexibility there. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, man. That's all right. Another thing Duke Manyweather did on his Twitter feed. Now, look, it's not like he's going to show the bad plays, but he's got plenty of clips of Evan Neal neutralizing Trayvon Walker uh -huh. in the national championship game. Right. Primarily to show that Evan Neal is healthy. 
but also to the extent that everyone is on Trayvon Walker uh-huh. as the number one overall pick, right. the fact that that uh, Evan Neal can be seen turning number 44 from Georgia into a non-factor, it's uh, not that he's throwing him around or pancaking him. He's just keeping him from doing anything, yeah. fending him off routinely. Yeah, no, no question. That's where, that's where I love Evan Neal. Evan Neal, you get to see real NFL pass protection against real NFL pass rushers all season long. Iki Aquanu, yes, it's good, but there's some parts of the pass rush where you go, oh, I'd like to see a little bit more. You know, they're one of those teams in college football too, Mike, where it's a screen, it's a screen, it's a quick pass to where you watch 40 passes in a game and you go, well, you only really had a pass protect like four plays that whole game. Everything else was just like just kind of block or step this way and that was it. So that's where I went with Evan Neal. It's, that's where it makes it very interesting. And then, Mike, what, what's crazy to me is, you know, let's say Evan Neal or, or one of those guys goes one. I mean, it, I feel like the Texans would be thinking offense alignment, but, oh, wait, now we're here and Aiden Hutchinson or Trayvon Walker are on the board at three with the tackle we like too. That, to me, will be very interesting and, and it's certainly going to have a, a ripple effect, I think, on what can happen in the, the rest of the top ten. By the way, you mentioned Kayvon Thibodeau. Look, the Jets are favored via points bet to take him at four. He's plus 150. Mm. He's got the, the shortest odds to become a Jet at number four, but the over-under for the draft position is four and a half. So if, if, if you're inclined to agree with Chris that Kayvon Thibodeau is destined to slide, you can go make – some money by betting the would that be the over it would be the over on four and a half as the draft position for Kayvon Thibodeau so we'll see how that plays out let's take a break when we return Jerry Jones had pre-draft countdown 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 I really (laughs) didn't want that keep it over here he is keep it on my side I like it right there that's perfect he has no jurisdiction on this box he's got no jurisdiction on this side sorry it's staying here can we do this? Can we do oh, – it's creeping. It's creeping. Can we do a countdown for the 2022 draft on one side of the screen, and can we do a countdown for the 2023 draft on the other side of the screen? Because, you know, as soon as Thursday night ends, it's time for mock drafts Yeah, for 2023. It's an get honor and a privilege, Get out of Mike. here. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Get, 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 get that thing out of here. All right, let's take a break. Jerry Jones said some things yesterday that I think he thought were intended to be funny. Some – People who were the targets of those comments did not agree. We'll discuss (laughs) next on PFT Live. (laughs) Our process is an inclusive one. We've said it. There's a lot of talk in this business about who makes the call, who actually makes the call. Okay. Uh, Taco was Steven's call. Parson, Parson, Parson is my car. That's not that funny to me. (laughs) It's not that funny to Taco Charlton either. He was a failed first-round pick of the Dallas Cowboys. Jerry trying to blame him. What Steven should have said is, hey, Jerry, tell him about the time that you loaded up on Johnny Walker Blue and wanted to draft Johnny Manziel. Talk about that. Talk about that. And how we had to talk you off of that and on to Zach Martin, who's become a cornerstone of the team. Tell him about how you wanted Johnny Manziel, Dad. So, uh, anyway, Taco Charlton, what did he do? He posted uh, Woody Harrelson. He's hurt. Oh, he's he's wiping his tears with Jerry's money. I like it. (laughs) 
He's going good thing. But Charlton, look, he he didn't work out. Right. But but as we've said before, there's all sorts of factors that go into it, and so be it. There's just I just I, I don't know how I feel about the the low blow from Jerry. I know I know what point he was trying to yeah, make. Yeah, right. But it's at the expense of a guy that you brought to Dallas because you thought he was going to be good, and uh, he wasn't. But you thought he was, and you know what? You wanted Paxton Lynch also, and you should be thanking God every night that you didn't get him and you got Dak Prescott instead. No question, and and you know it's 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 it was a harmless joke, right? It, it is at the expense of the player a little bit to where yeah, he's, he's not going to like that. He's trying to be funny. I get it. Not going to hold it against them. Uh, they're an interesting dynamic, their family. So that's why they're they're joking about it a little bit. I mean, yeah, you said it earlier in the show. The Jones family have appointed themselves GM. It's like they they did that, and he he made himself GM, and he learned from Jimmy Johnson a little bit, and then he hired Bill Parcells, and he's like, okay, now I'm ready to really just run everything. Let's do it. I've learned all I need to learn. Uh, they they've got a, usually a pretty good eye for talent. Uh, but they have an unusual way of doing things. And, yeah, they let, you know, Randy Gregory out the door this year, which was a little weird and sounds like they didn't handle that situation correctly maybe with some of their words and things. And, yeah, that was a little bit of a low blow to Taco Charlton. Well, and, and a little bit of a low blow to Randy Gregory. Jerry Jones revisiting what went wrong with their effort to re-sign Gregory. Here's what Jones had to say. As you know, I think a lot of uh, Randy and how he has uh, evolved and where he is in his career. Uh, But uh, he evolved so well that he got beyond our where I wanted to go Uh, uh, with the guarantees that were going to be involved to have Randy here. And I could have done it were unacceptable to us. I'd rather have the two, uh, Armstrong and our other one. I'd rather have those two than the one. Dorrance Armstrong is and the, the other guy one. he was That's talking how about. And the other they one. are. The other the one. The guy He's that so I don't good. even know who it right. is. <laughs> I'd rather have Armstrong and the other one than Randy Gregory. And here's the issue with the guarantees. And it was very simple. It was very, very simple. The structure was the same. The money was the same. From Denver and Dallas. But in Denver, the guaranteed money voids if Randy Gregory is suspended. Specifically under the substance abuse policy, but it's broader than that. But the substance abuse policy is very relevant to Randy Gregory because he's been suspended multiple times under that policy. The Dallas offer would have voided the guarantees and it becomes relevant for next year. It's like $14 million that's in play here. That becomes voided if he's simply fined under the substance abuse policy, and the Cowboys refused to change that language. And that's relevant because if he struggles this year, they have an escape clause. And they wish they had an escape clause, for example, from Ezekiel Elliott. They signed that contract where the guarantees vested a year in advance, and they're stuck with him this year. They'd love to get rid of him, but they're going to pay him eight figures this year because it guaranteed last year they got no way out. So they would have guaranteed Randy Gregory this year and next year. And with the language they had in the contract, they would have had a way out. And my understanding is that they were trying to say, well, we're really not going to use that. The way that Jones said what he said yesterday, it sure as hell sounds like they would have used it 
if they could have, that they weren't comfortable, wasn't comfortable giving right. him the protection against having his salary for next year yanked out from under him. That's why he picked Denver. He got a greater degree of protection for next year's salary than he would have had this year. So uh, Randy Gregory wasn't happy about that either. And, and you know, at, at a certain point, you just got to move on. Yeah. You just got to move on. Right. And Gregory's kind of taking the high road. I, I know a, a thing or two about the final conversation between Gregory and his agent and Jerry Jones and a couple of things Jerry Jones said. And uh, maybe one of these days they'll go on the record with what he said. And, uh, you know, if he keeps picking at this, maybe they will. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, and here's, here's some tweets about what, what he said. I mean, as far as or what Randy Gregory said yesterday, you know, find his war daddy already, not fuming. I just think we're tired of unnecessary comments. We're living, taking care of our lives. Yeah, I know. Well, that's what Twitter is for. Everybody's life is perfect, Randy. Randy, everyone. I didn't know if you knew that. Twitter, everyone that tweets, they're perfect. They're perfect, and they're going to judge you. Uh, but, yeah, I'm sure. Well, I can understand both sides being pissed a little in this one, Mike. I can understand Randy Gregory and his side completely. Yeah, you want the security, you know, the substance abuse program and fines and all that can be very picky. I mean, it can be really picky. And then so what? Oh, I showed up to the P test four seconds late. You're fine. Hey, you're off the team. We're not paying you your guaranteed contract anymore. Like what? So I get that. I also get Jerry Jones family going, wait, we gave you like strike a hundred and let you stay around here and like rehabilitate your life and get you on the right because track. Because he's good. I know. Because he's right. good. And, and they Jerry Jones a second doesn't believe. For him, right? I know. I he know. doesn't believe in the marijuana prohibition either. Yeah. That's the irony of all this. Yeah. They want to have a technicality where they can void his contract and not pay him in 2023 if he doesn't play well enough in 2022, hinging upon him being fined under a policy that Jerry Jones has openly advocated they get rid of. That doesn't make sense. And, yeah. and, and look, here's how it all happened in the first place. The Cowboys, I think, just assumed he was going to resign with them. The Broncos show up with a real offer, and the Cowboys scramble to match it. Hey, can we match it? Can we match it? And Gregory says, okay, fine. And then the paperwork comes in. It's like, well, you're not really matching it because you're making it easier to void my guarantee in year two. And then that's when the Cowboys got all pissed off. I just, I don't like that aspect of it. And, and, and it, gets, it reminds me of what happened with the Packers and Devontae Adams. The reason you find yourself in that mess is you drag your feet because you don't think someone else values the guy the way that you will later say, well, yeah, we did value him, but we wanted to see that someone else valued him before we decided to value him the same way. So they kind of got what they deserved by screwing around and waiting for the Broncos to get interested in Randy Gregory. Yeah, I, I I understand that. From you say it from that standpoint, I I don't think you're wrong there. I don't, and that doesn't make sense in the fact that you bring that up. And you know, I didn't really even put that together. You're right. Jerry Jones is a an advocate of lesser marijuana. You know, what would I say? Charges, discipline, whatever in the NFL. Uh, it, he it, has said it. He sides. has said at meetings in the past. Yeah, we need to get out of the marijuana business. Yeah, we. I know every time I try to do that, it sounds more like uh, the chicken man. Not bad, uh, but we we need we need to get out of the marijuana business. We need to get the hell out of the marijuana business. We need to get back into the Johnny Walker Blue business. All right. Uh, <laughs> Broncos have brought back Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. Fantasy owners are all pissed off. Look, they were never going to let Javante Williams become Derrick Henry. They split the carries last year between Gordon and Williams, 203, 203, right down the middle. 
And that was before Nathaniel Hackett. And Hackett has already said, I want a stable of running backs. I want to split carries. I don't want one guy to carry the load. So they were always going to do something. And, and Javante Williams said yesterday before they signed Melvin Gordon, I'm fine with whatever they do. I'm just trying to win a Super Bowl. I don't care who has the workload. I just want to help the team win. That's the right attitude for Williams. But there are plenty of pissed off fantasy owners with dynasty leagues who thought Devonte Williams was going to become the next big thing in 2022. He still may be great, but Melvin Gordon's going to get his share of the touches as well. Chris. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, we just saw Hackett. It came from a place in green Bay where they used the two running backs, you know, in a really great way last year with Aaron Jones and, and the big guy uh, blanking on his name, the damn Boston college running back. What the hell is his name? Uh, AJ Dillon, AJ Dillon, they need blank on it yeah. too. <laughs> uh, so yes. And that's the way it is. in you know, the NFL now, I mean, there's really, there's very few teams where they're just going to go this one guy and we're going to ride him hard. Uh, nobody wants that. They want to pr- protect Javante Williams and try to get the most out of him. And also you know, you, you want fresh bodies. There is something to like, Oh wait, this guy got out a little bit. Now we can put this guy in, and he can hit the pedal a hundred miles per hour. And then when he starts to lose a little juice, we take him out, and we let the other guy come in. And that that's annoying for a defense to deal with. That fresh body who's still bringing it, you know, late in the fourth quarter, mid second half, whatever. Uh, so I I get it. You know, fantasy owners uh, screw off. This was the best thing for the Denver Broncos football team, and it makes a lot of sense. It's funny with the whole A.J. Dillon thing. We got so many names that we have to remember, and I'm not complaining about our jobs, but there are a ton of names constantly Between the bouncing t- around yes. inside of our brains, uh-huh. especially with the draft approach. Right. I mean, yesterday on PFTPM, we were talking about the 49ers, and I had to question myself, is it Trey Lance or Trey Nance? <laughs> like, I, it's just so, like it all gets jumbled and twisted together. And anyway, we're not complaining. We're not really working. Our biggest burden is we have to keep hundreds of names straight and who they play for and what position they play. Poor us, as Pete would say. But it is there are times where your your brain just doesn't want to cooperate. And you don't have the same concern I have because for me at fifty six, one or fifty seven, I it's like am I is this it? Is this how it starts? Right. I can't remember the names of these right. guys. Right. Uh, no, I know. I'm well, well I have my own thing. I go, well man, man have I been smoking too much? Maybe that's why I'm forgetting these guys. <laughs> I, I go the same thing. I'm going, Dan, did I am I starting to lose too many brain cells? I'm forgetting a lot of easy crap here. <laughs> so don't worry, I'm having a show. <laughs> Beer kills brain cells. Let's go find that building thingy where our cars and TV is. Uh, That's an old school reference that some of you may get. If one person gets that reference and tweets it or emails me that they got that reference, my day will have been made. Pete gets it. Let's see if somebody else does. Let's, uh, Let's take a break. The fifth year option deadline is coming. Some have been exercised. Some haven't been. We'll talk about that a little bit when PFT Live continues right after this. Early next week is the deadline for picking up the fifth year options on the first round 
player contracts from the 2019 draft. It's every May heading into the player's fourth year. And some of them have already been exercised. I remember when this phenomenon first came around 10 years or so ago. Someone insisted that no team would ever do it before the deadline because at the time it was guaranteed for injury. And if a guy suffers an injury during the offseason program, you want to be able to wiggle out from under that. Well, teams have ignored that. They've gone ahead and exercised it repeatedly. Now it's fully guaranteed. Guaranteed for skill, injury, and cap from the moment it is exercised. Some of them are no-brainers. You saw Kyler Murray TBD. I have a feeling they're going to exercise Kyler Murray's option. The real question is Daniel Jones. And remember, we were all over this from the moment they introduced Joe Shane as the GM, and they praise, 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 praise Daniel Jones. They bring in Brian Dayball as the coach. Praise, 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 praise Daniel Jones. Okay, when are you picking up the fifth-year option? And Shane told us at the scouting combine, well, we haven't really been around him. We'll have a chance to be around him. Well, you know what? You're around him, and you haven't picked it up yet, and there's some people who think they're not going to do it, and it's it's a it's a, a fascinating psychological exercise. Do you want to guarantee $22 million for 2023? Do you want to make him earn it? Do you want to put yourself in a position where you have to franchise tag him if he has a great year? In 22, you're talking about $11, $12 million difference, potentially. Yeah, right. In a one-year contract if you have to franchise tag him. And you move a year closer to the Kirk Cousins scenario where he walks away as a free agent because you're not going to use the third tag. These are very real concerns for the Giants as they try to make this decision. you got $22 million fully guaranteed riding on it. It's a hell of a bet to make. It's a hell of a bet. I wouldn't do it. As much as I support Daniel Jones being the starting quarterback of the New York Giants, and I know that they have not supported him well, and he's been around. You know, we, we talked about... You know, quarterbacks earlier here, different offensive. We talked. You talked about Baker Mayfield, what he had to deal with. I don't. What, did he have to deal with what was worse than Daniel Jones did? Probably not. I mean, probably not. At least Baker had people in front of him that can block. At least he had you know a running game to go along with it, and like a top ten defense and some talent there. That's where you know it, it's unfair to Daniel Jones from that standpoint. But I still think it's best for business if you're the New York Giants not to do the fifth-year option. Now, I think they, they want to I, – I, I, I get the sense that the, the Giants really think he's the guy. They just got to get to the point where we just got to put a little help on him so he can confirm it for us on the football field and smooth it over with the fan base so they see it too. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is one of those things where, you know, hey, we don't fifth-year option, but – he plays pretty good this year, and we get to week 9 or 10, and it's all been good from Daniel Jones, and they go, okay, he's the guy for the future. Maybe let's work out a deal here for three, four-year contracts, something of that nature. I wouldn't be shocked at that is, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't do the fifth-year option, Mike, if I was the Giants. I don't know. What, what do you think? Well, I wouldn't either. Yeah. But the reason it's even an issue is because they were so effusive in their praise of Daniel Jones. I know. When they hired Shane and when they hired Dayball, right. that it, the only way that, that that commentary has any credibility is if they pick up the fifth-year option. It was so strong. And we can find the words, and maybe I'll write something about it at PFT. But it was so strong, it seemed like a no-brainer that they would pick up the fifth-year option. So then when they back off and say, well, you know, we got a month around. And that's the other thing, too. Shane says, well, we don't really know him. We got some time to get to know him. If they don't pick up the option after that, then the implication is we don't like what we've seen so far. We were wrong. Isn't that it? If that's your excuse for not doing it, we haven't had a chance to be around him. 
and they've had a month to be around him, and they say at the end of that month, we'll pass on the fifth-year option. That, that's not the kind of atmosphere that you want to set to have a successful quarterback. But, but it's a $22 million gamble. And there's $12 million riding on this. And people will say it's a good problem to have if you have to use the franchise tag next year and negotiate a long-term deal based on the franchise tag. You're talking about a huge potential difference. And from their perspective, hey, if he works out, fine, we'll pay the money. If he doesn't, we walk away scot-free or scotch-free as the case may be. So um, I don't know. I don't think they should. I just think they're going to have some awkward conversations and explanations if they don't based upon the things they've already said publicly. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. I mean, I hear you. Uh, and again, I, you know, also I think they just got the job. They're trying to kick the can down the road a little on the conversation. You know, they are being honest, like, hey, fifth year option. We haven't even met the guy yet. So hold on a second. Like, I, I think there is part of that. Sure. I understand what you're saying about the psyche of the whole thing, too. Yes. But, damn, I mean, if you can't handle that, then you can't handle the Heat being the quarterback in New York anyways. I agree. You know, so I agree. there's all those things. And, too, Mike, I just – from anybody you talk to with the Giants that's been there, my little brief interactions with Daniel Jones, we're talking about a, a professional here. He, he's a guy that gets it. He understands that it's, it's, it's like he's not in the position to where any team should just be giving him, like, hey, here's $22 million and we'll just see where it goes. I, I think he understands that, that he's got he's to do a little bit better. He's not going to blame the team. The team's, you know, they're, they're picking up the slack on that end going, we haven't done the best for him. We'll see where it goes. But as much as I like him and I believe in him, yeah, I, I, as a Giants fan, I, I don't think you do that as far as business is concerned. All right, let's take a break. When we return, we're going to have a draft relating to the draft. And today's draft is the prospects or the general managers who could shake things up the most on Thursday night. The biggest wild cards for the 2022 draft, which is coming in. I don't know. They took down the countdown clock. We'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. If the right opportunity presents itself, um, we are going to be aggressive. Joe Douglas just needs to rip the sleeves off of that shirt and start saying, get her done. Because, I mean, that's Larry the Cable guy. I don't know whatever happened to that guy. Maybe he is the general manager of the Jets now. (laughs) There he is. Joe Douglas says two first-round picks. Show up sleeveless, Joe. I really think that he – I think that he buttoned all the way down to the wrist so he would have – no temptation to just get rid of the sleeves altogether and go ahead and be Larry the Cable Guy completely. Uh, anyway, uh, maybe he'll be one of the guys. Oh, I see. So, yeah, I don't. I think he looks. I think he looks more like Larry the Cable Guy. All right, uh, we have a draft. We got to get to it. Biggest wild cards for 2022. Chris, here's a trivia question for you. Assuming they don't trade down tomorrow night, the Jaguars will pick number one overall for just the second time in franchise history. Two franchises are tied for the record with seven number one overall picks used in their history. Name either one of those teams. Man, set, so seven. Uh, you were talking about seven times. Man, who? All right, all right. Seven all right, times. All right. Well, um, mm, I'm going to go with the Bengals as one of them. No, no. All right. No. The Gotta Browns? Be, the draft's oh, wait, been around sorry. for a long time. 
Mm. Long time. Oh, yeah, right. Gasper House is nineteen thirty-six. I didn't take that. I didn't take that into. Uh, mm, yeah. So I all right. So it's the Rams and Colts. I'm wrong. I would not have guessed either one of those. It is the Rams and Colts. I see the answer. Franchises that were once traded for each other. Wow. When yeah. Robert Hurst and Carol Rosenblum traded the franchises straight up, Rams for the Colts, L.A. Rams for the Baltimore Colts. That's the answer. Who, all right. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. I was gonna say Colts. Like I'm trying to think of number one picks they've had in our lifetime. It's like Peyton, Andrew Luck. And was Tony Mandarin, was that a number one pick? Uh, no. No. Uh, Tony no. Mandarich. Oh, Tony Mandarich. He was drafted he, by the Packers. Packers. Yeah, right, right. Is there somebody else that they drafted? Uh, I John thought? Elway. John yeah. Elway was the number one overall pick. We had to oh, get draft. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to start with the guy we talked about earlier, Kayvon Thibodeau. I, mm-hmm. I have no idea where he's going to go. The points bet has him as the favorite to go to the Jets at four. There's people who think he's going to slide through the top ten and beyond. Uh, I think he's going to be one of these guys we are constantly paying attention to throughout the course of the night until we find out where he is selected. So first pick for me, Kayvon Thibodeau. Yeah, okay. I'm, I, 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 that's a good first pick. Definitely on my list. Um, I, I, yes, I'm one that thinks there's, that he won't go through the top ten. I don't. I don't see it. I don't know how anybody really can see it. And I feel bad saying that. It's not his fault that he was so overrated in this process. But big time. And I do. Like, if he goes in the top ten, I go – Somebody outside the top 10 is going to go, whoa, we got this guy available. Um, I think the next guy I'm going to go with is Derek Stingley Jr. from LSU. Similar type of thing. Now, with Derek Stingley Jr., I look at him as a wild card because I know people talk about him being a top 10 pick. You know, I, I don't know. Are people really going to pull the trigger on a guy that his best play was from three years ago? And then sophomore and junior year, it was kind of eh with some injuries. But you hear a lot of people, and there's I know there's teams that really love him and like him. So that's one that I look at to get, can kind of throw the first round, first 12 picks, you know, into a little bit of a kerfuffle if he goes. Kerfuffle. Boom. I like that. Thank you. That's a Peter King word. Um, I, I, and I agree with you. And points bet has him as the favorite to the Texans at number three, not number 13, but number three. Next wow. pick for me, Jamison Williams. I don't know where he's going to go. There's people who think he's going to go really high. He's got the torn ACL. There's other receivers that are projected in front of him. I don't know where he's going to go. I think he could go high as as high as four to the Jets. I don't think he will, but he could. And uh, when does the window open? When does it close? But he's regarded as a special talent, but he's coming off that ACL, and you've got other great receivers, so we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, it, definitely. I mean, the Jets at 10, if they're sitting there, you've got to worry about Atlanta at eight taking them. That would be a little scary to me. Um, I'm going to go with Doug Peterson. I don't know if I go Doug Peterson, Shotgun. What which one do I do? Uh, but either one, I'm going to go with Doug Peterson just because anything you hear, it sounds like he's the one in that organization that wants tackle, 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 tackle. And you hear that there's a faction in that organization that wants the defense end. So uh, that's a wild card for me, and I'm really intrigued at what happens at number one. Quick break. Wrap it up right after this on PFC Live. All right, draft results so far. we got to get this done. Next one for me, wild cards for the draft that starts tomorrow night. Countdown clock will probably be back up before the end of the show because they know how much I love it. David Tepper, the Panthers owner. He's the guy that wants – there it is. He's the guy right on cue. He wants quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. They can't convince free agents to come there. They can't convince guys to drop their no-trade clauses to go there. So they got to draft a guy involuntarily. It's an honor and a privilege to be the Panthers quarterback, Chris. Yeah, you're right. They are a wild card. I have no idea what they're going to do there at six. It's going to be interesting to see. 
Uh, I'm going with Howie Roseman, you know, with the two picks, you know, the two picks in next year's first round. Howie is usually pretty creative. He's not afraid to do a whole lot. Man, there was real rumors percolating yesterday. They were looking to maybe trade up. So they got a lot of keys to have different angles of this first round in the draft. Uh, definitely a wild card for me. Watch him with Jamison Williams. Not that they have a quarterback that's going to be throwing the ball all over the place, but could you imagine Williams and Devontae? That'd Smith be scary. The same scary. Holy crap. Yes. We are out of time. See you later today for PFTPM. Check us out all day long at ProFootballTalk.com. See ya.